So we are going to turn now to God's word. We've been making our way through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew 5 through 7. And this morning, we're going to be looking at what Jesus said about fasting. Fasting, this, uh, this spiritual practice of taking off a meal or, uh, you know, letting... Um, letting something go, letting food go in order for a higher purpose. So it's just these three verses in Matthew 6, verses 16 through, through 18. Jesus said, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will, be, it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So if we look back on the last, you know, 12, 13, 14 months, one of the things that, uh, that has happened in our, uh, in our culture, in our society, with all that we've been through, is that we've had a lot of things taken away from us. You know, a lot of the, the normal things that we just went about our life. We, you know, you didn't think twice. You just went to the grocery store without a mask. Um, you didn't think twice. You, you, you got up, you went to work at 9 o'clock on Monday morning. Um, now maybe you're working from home. You, um, you, know, you didn't think about coming, coming to worship, but things are, are different now, and many people worship in their homes and are watching this from their homes. And then those of us that do join together, uh, we wear masks. We, uh, we can't hug each other and shake hands like we used to. And so we've, we think about all these things that have been taken away, not just little things, but big things. People that we loved passed away. And we perhaps couldn't have the funeral that we wanted for them. Uh, many people um, suffered economically. They didn't know where they could find their food. Uh, they didn't know how they could provide for their family with job loss and job uncertainty. Um, there was a racial reckon reckoning. And uh, there was violence and backlash and, and all kinds of um, social unrest. There were so many things, and it felt like a lot has been taken away from us. Um, our kids couldn't go to school. A lot is taken away. And then Pastor Pete gets up here and has the audacity to say, give up something else. Skip a meal. Give up a meal. Give up, give up food. Um, do something different with the way that you eat. I mean, that's something that we all have in common, right? We all have to eat. We all eat three meals a day. Is this, is this bad timing for us to be looking at this? No, it's, it's God's timing. And God always speaks to us. And God has a plan and a purpose for this. Even for this invitation to say, to fast, 
to step back from something and to remember how much we need God. Fasting is, fasting is a response to God's grace. It's, you know, it's not just a spiritual practice, and it's certainly not a way to be a super Christian, or a way to be better than your neighbor, or a way to make God love you anymore. That's what Jesus is critiquing. We, we talk a lot in our church about this move from guilt to grace to gratitude. You know, without Jesus Christ, we are guilty. We stand condemned. That's what we've been singing about. But Jesus offered his life and offers grace to us and pays the penalty for us. So that we, when we understand who Jesus is, when we understand what he did for us on the cross in giving us eternal abundant life, we're grateful. We have gratitude in our hearts because we can never pay Jesus back for all that he's done. So, my friends, does fasting fit under that first category where we feel guilty and where we're trying to live up to God's standard? Or does it fit in the third category? as an invitation where Jesus says, this is one of the ways that you can show your gratitude to me. Of course, I see you nodding your heads. That's, that's wonderful. It's that third category, of course, where, where it's a response to what Jesus has done. So in these verses, in Matthew 6, 16 to 18, Jesus is telling us three things. He's telling us how to fast, how not to fast, and then he's giving us a motivation to do that. How to fast, how not to fast, and then the motivation. Why would we want to fast? So I'll just remind you, if, or if you're new to our community, last week we were looking at the Lord's Prayer, and Pastor Chad preached on that. And Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And then next we come up to this teaching on fasting. And fasting and prayer, they often go together. You hear that phrase a lot in not only the New Testament, but the whole Bible. There was a, I'm thinking about a time when Jesus' disciples, they came to him. He had sent them out to do some healing and to cast out demons, and there was a young boy who was mute. He couldn't talk, unlike my daughter. She's good at talking. But the disciples, they couldn't, they couldn't take this impure spirit out of the boy. They couldn't make him talk. And so finally, the, 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 the parents thought, well, we're, we're going to go to the source. We're going straight to Jesus. And they brought him to Jesus, and Jesus was able to heal him. Well, the disciples were confused by this because they said, Jesus, you know, you gave us your power. You sent us out. What, what, what happened? In Mark 29, in Mark 9, verse 29, Jesus says, that kind of impure spirit only comes out with prayer and fasting. That, that evil spirit, that impure spirit, can only come out by prayer and fasting. There are spiritual battles in this world that 
are only won through prayer and fasting. There's a deliverance that only comes through prayer and fasting. Sometimes, um, sometimes we get 90% of the way, but that last bit is prayer and fasting. They go together. They go together. And so Jesus doesn't say, if you fast. Jesus says in verse 16, when, when you fast. And that's the third time he's used that phrase. I, I brought this up when I was preaching on generosity. Jesus said, when you give to the poor, when you pray, when you fast. And what he's doing is he's saying, this is, this is the way of Jesus. This is who you are when you're my disciple, when you're my student, when you walk in my way. There was a lot of teachers then. There was a lot of rabbis. There was a lot of yokes. That's what they called it, that the different rabbis would put upon their disciples. But Jesus comes and he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, I, yes, I'm going to give you teaching, but it's different. Because you're not fasting to be better than other people. You're not fasting to get closer to God. You're, you, you are fasting in response to what I've done. You're fasting not for other people to see you, but you're fasting for God. And God rewards you. And God's already given you the greatest reward. So why? So Jesus is, Jesus is not like these other teachers. Fat, you know, there's a long tradition of fasting in the Bible. It comes up all kinds of different places. But Jesus is God. And he comes. And he knows that you don't get closer to God by fasting. You don't become a super Christian. You don't become some elite Christian by fasting. So Jesus could just say, yeah, don't worry about it. You don't need to fast. But no, he comes and he says, when you fast, don't be a hypocrite. Don't try to brag about it. Don't try to look like you're suffering. This is between you and God. It's the equivalent of when he says, go into your prayer closet. Pray by yourself. God sees it. God will reward you. He's saying when you fast, keep it to yourself. Jesus did teach his disciples to fast. He didn't let it go, but he said when you fast. Why? Because when you are hungry, when your stomach is rumbling, when you haven't eaten for four or five or six or 30-hour famines like we've done here, you remember that you're hungry for God. God created the human body to have food, and God created the human soul to have God. So when we are hungry for food, we are remembering how needy we are. I need thee every hour we sing. That hunger that we have inside of us reminds us that nothing can fill us except the one who made us, except God. Our bodies 
are made with that, with a hunger, a, a spiritual hunger for God. Pastor Nikki Gumbel uses this example of, uh, of the metaphor of rice in Asian cultures. You know, in a lot of Asian countries, they have rice at every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's just a staple of, of their diet. And there's even, I guess, an expression that they use in Asia that says, we have one stomach for food and we have one stomach for rice. And what they mean is that they could eat all kinds, they could eat meat, they could eat vegetables, they could eat all these amazing things, but we're never really satisfied until we have rice. And it's the same with Jesus. He's the one that satisfies us. We're never, we're never complete. We're never whole without him. We were created to, to know him. Jesus came and he said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread come down from heaven. I'm the one that you feast on. I'm the one that can fill all your hunger and all your thirst. And when we fast, we get a different, we get a different understanding of that, of what that truly means, because it's so physical to us. We live in this culture today where many, where many people fast for a variety of reasons. People of all types of religious and spiritual backgrounds and people agree on the health benefits um, that it's good, you know, it's good for our bodies, it's good for our spirits. But Jesus does it in a different way. Um, you know, we could, we could have a whole sermon series on food. <laughs> you know, the, the, the way that food is talked about in the Bible and the way that Jesus often broke bread with people. You know, he broke bread with the wrong people and he was criticized. And, and the way that the Bible portrays heaven as a massive feast with great food and wine from all over the world and this celebration and communion. This is my body. This is my blood. And everything. We could, we could talk all about that because the Bible presents food as this good thing, as a blessing to us. And yet, in our sinfulness, we mess that up. You know, we eat, we eat too little or we eat too much or we feast on the wrong things that aren't healthy for us that eventually destroy us. My, uh, so I don't know how to cook. You guys know that. I don't know how to cook. I can't make anything. I can make like pancakes. Um, but I do have a book in my kitchen that is called How to Cook Everything. So if I ever want to cook anything, I open that book. The guy who put it together, uh, Mark Bittman, he actually went on a fast 10 years ago to try to draw attention to the cause of hunger in America. I mean, why in the wealthiest country in the world, why should we have women and infants and children that go hungry every day? This is an injustice. This is not how God wants it to be. And so he went on a seven-day fast with no solid food, and he wrote about this experience. He said that by the second day of not eating, you know, he was walking around the city that he lives in, and all of a sudden, you know, even, 
even the hot dogs at 7-Eleven started to look really, really good. He said, you know, the meatball sandwiches at Subway were tempting me, which I'm, I love those sandwiches, so I don't know what he's, what he's talking about. But all this, you know, all this, he, was, he, would, he would stare at the people in McDonald's eating their Big Macs like, oh, hi guys, please, let me in, let me in. But he did it because as a guy who's written about food his whole life, as this award-winning chef, he wanted to know that there are bigger things in life than dinner. There are bigger things in life than that. And when you do a big fast like that, it teaches you. We, we live in this culture in which we want whatever we want right now. We don't want to be inconvenienced. We don't want to be hungry. We don't want to be thirsty. Uh, we we want to have all our needs met right away. You know, Paul, Paul 2,000 years ago said that uh, of, of people without God, he said their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, their mind is set on earthly things. And that's, that epitomizes a lot of our culture. We, we are run by our stomach. <laughs> you know, we are run by our gut. Whatever we want, we want to have it now. Um, you know, one of my favorite new sort of slang words. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you've not, but the minute you hear it, you kind of know what it is. Have you guys heard of hangry? Hangry? It's like hungry and angry together. Hangry. It's that, it's that feeling when you're a little extra annoyed, you're a little extra angry because you're so hungry. And you, um, yeah, you just feel that extra bit of irritability. Jesus is saying in this passage, fast without getting hangry. You don't have to be, you don't have to be extra angry. You don't have to be frustrated. You don't have to, um, you know, even try to, um, try to think, even to have people think that you're something more than you are. But Jesus says, fast. Try this. Fast. Give, give up a meal so that you can experience what it means to hunger for God and to know how much that you need him. But then he goes on to say, don't, don't fast like this. He also says how not to fast. And he's, he's critiquing the religious teachers, the religious leaders, guys like myself, who were supposed to be leading the people, but were leading them astray because they were hypocrites. They were living out their religion not to grow with God, but to impress other people. And so they would fast, and they had a system in that time. You fasted twice a week for a whole day, and they would go around sort of feeling sorry for themselves, being all hangry. And uh, there was even one time Jesus talked about somebody who goes up to the temple and says, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other men. I fast twice a week. And he was bragging about his fasting. He was bragging about his generosity. Jesus says, do the opposite of that. You know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing with your giving. And put oil on your head and wash your face and walk around with a smile when you're fasting so that no one would ever wonder why? 
Why are we to do this? Because God sees. God sees our heart. God sees what we've really done. God sees in secret. God will reward us. God will reward us with good things. Well, what, what are those things? It's not money. It's not the things of this world. It's, it's him. God rewards us with himself, with a deeper sense of his presence, with a deeper sense of our own need for God, with, even with discernment. Um, I've, uh, I've counseled many people, you know, if you've got a big decision to make, if you're going through something that's challenging, fast. You know, take, take some time away. Um, you know, give up that meal so that you have extra time to pray and to know that God is there. God is as present as your, as your stomach growling. And that he will lead you through that. And that he will speak to you. Jesus says to fast in this way. You know, not letting anyone else know. Putting oil on our head, washing our face, putting a smile on. Because it's between you and God. Your spiritual discipline, your prayer life, your fasting, your generosity, it's between you and God. And if you don't do it this way, if you do it for the wrong reasons, it actually takes you further away from God. If you fast because you think that'll make you a super Christian, if you think it'll make you better than someone else, if you think it will earn God's love, it's going to take you further away from him. Because Jesus and his good news, the gospel that he brings, it's different than the secular culture. You know, it's different than people that have no religion. They might fast, but it's, it's, it's for themselves only. It's for their own benefit. Yet, the gospel is also different than these Pharisees and this religion and this whole system that says, well, I'm better than you because I fast twice a week. I haven't eaten fish in 14 years. That's, that's, that's not how God wants us to live. We don't have to brag our way to God. What I'm saying is that one day of fasting in the way of Jesus is better than a thousand days of religious fasting. You could fast twice a week for 50 years, and it doesn't make God love you anymore. The reward is God and his life. Jesus has already given us everything. That's, that's the motivation for fasting. When Jesus went up on the cross, he said, I thirst. You know, he said, I thirst. And he did that for, for you and me. He put himself through that. He suffered. He was abused. He was rejected. He hungered. He thirsted for you and me. And he did that so that spiritually, with the most important things in life, we would never be hungry again. It's kind of like when he met the woman at the well and he told her, if you drink this water, the water that I'm giving to you, you'll never be thirsty again. 
Jesus said, if you believe in me, if you feast on me, you'll never hunger again. You could go through anything. You could suffer terrible losses. You could, you could lose family. You could lose friends. You could lose jobs. But you'll never lose Christ because he's the one that you're feasting on. He's the one that you're looking to. My, my mother has a dear friend that she has walked with in faith for over 50 years now. They were doing Young Life ministry together in the early 70s. And I remember once her mentioning to me that this person had a spiritual practice of fasting, that, she's, that she has fasted one day a week for all these years because it's, it has helped her draw close to Jesus. It has reminded her of how much she needs God. And, it, and God has drawn her close through that. And he has given her of himself and reminded her of his love. And now, my mother's friend is suffering with cancer. And we don't, we don't know how it's going to go. We don't know uh, if God will heal her and give her many more years of life, or he will take her home to himself. But what I do know is that all those years of fasting have prepared her for this, have prepared her for this trial that she's going through, and that she feels near to the Lord because of all that he's done. All the times that she fasted from food and turned to God, that she fasted from food and feasted on Jesus, they are preparing her for whatever will come. And I know, I know that God the Father has seen all those times that she has reached out to him and that he is going to reward her with the greatest gift, and that's himself, his love. That's a picture of what God can do when we gratefully give our lives to him and when we trust him and obey him. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus' teaching about fasting. How he, show, he showed us how to do it so differently, Lord. It's not about us. It's totally about you. It's not about getting rewarded by other people or be held in esteem or looked up to. It's about you and getting to know you more and more and trusting you more and more and surrendering more and more of our lives to you, Jesus. Any time that we're hungry, maybe some of us are even hungry right now, Lord, remind us that we hunger and thirst for you, that you're the only thing that can fill us. Lord, help us to know that you provide for us in every way and make us more and more like Jesus as we walk through this life. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.